Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sports Weekly. As ever, I'm joined by Josh. Josh, how are you feeling after this weekend? Are you okay? I'm over it. I'm fine. I'm covered. Fifth um, place. Still yeah. delighted. I'll take it. <laughs> um, Chris, Chris, how are you feeling after a weekend of Lincoln City not losing again? Uh, yeah, I mean... You've used that joke a few times. I know, and I'm going to keep doing it until you play again. <laughs> I'm jealous of all you guys getting to watch your team in that. <laughs> are you, are you I enjoyed, okay? I enjoyed being a neutral follower of all the events over the last few days. So, yeah, <laughs> it's been, been a good few days. Excellent. Uh, and Will, how are you after um, seeing your team demolish the promotion candidates? I expected nothing, goddamn less. <laughs> Stoke City, what a, what a wonderful team. Um, One I'm your host. absolute team. <laughs> I'm your host, Dan, um, and I'm delighted after Villa secured their Premier League survival. Normally, we'd have loads of chat, lots of stories, but actually today, our big thing is a debate between which is better, the Premier League or the Championship. And we've got special guest Justin from the Second Tier Pod coming up after the break. So, instead of a little babble, let's get straight into it. This is Sports Weekly. So welcome back to part two of Sports Weekly. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by uh, a previous guest of ours, uh, Justin from the Second Tier Podcast. Justin, how are you? Yeah, good, good. Pretty pretty excited. Obviously, playoffs are kicking off and there was a very exhausting, exciting uh, end to the season. Um, so yeah, pretty good. Well, it's, uh, it was, certainly was a ridiculous end in both the Championship and the Premier League. And that's what we're going to debate in this section. Justin has come as a... There's a bit of championship expertise, and I think uh, I think Justin won't mind me saying that, um, along <laughs> with Will, whose team are also in the championship, alongside myself, whose Villa team are obviously still in the Premier League, as we discussed earlier on in the podcast, and I won't blow too much about that, uh, and Josh, also the, the uh, supporter of a Premier League team in Leicester, and then Chris, as a kind of go-between, loves his fantasy Premier League and loves following the Premier League, but supports a League One club in Lincoln. And we're going to debate, basically, which is better, the Premier League or the Championship, based on a number of factors. And this is one I've been massively looking forward to, so I'm really glad Justin has joined us for it. Um, start off with, though, Justin, what a mental day in the, in the, at the end of the Championship season. Um, no. Just crazy to follow, so many ups and downs, so many ridiculous results. I mean, how did you follow it all? Um, well, I started, I made the mistake of following the West Brom game. I'll put the West oh. Brom game on, then it, yeah. and then I flipped to the Brentford game, and I was like, what is, this is ridiculous. I'm just going to put Sky Sports News on, just watch Paul Merson and Chris Kamara and company just freaking out. Um, <laughs> so the last, the last half an hour, I watched Sky Sports News because it, it was genuinely pretty crazy. I mean, did you ever expect anything? like that to happen and when I say that I mean West Brom not winning but then Brentford also not winning and then a massive swing to affect the the uh, playoff positions and then people going up and down at different mm. points from the from the relegation zone is that one of the craziest final days of the championship season you've ever experienced yeah I think so there are a few that stick out I mean Blackpool did it a couple of seasons ago they they I mean, coincidentally, pipped uh, Swansea when they got promoted through the playoffs. You saw Brighton lose out on goal difference a couple of seasons ago from the automatics and had to, you know, go through the playoffs. But that that um, this season's finale was ridiculous. You know, there was so many permutations. You know, stretching from promotion to playoffs to relegation. No team was confirmed, um, uh, you know, to, to be relegated yet, which is, you know, 
unheard of. Um, not not seen it for such a long time. But as you say, those I had, had no idea what to expect. Uh, that's the beauty of the championship. You just got you have no idea. Yeah, and I think that's one of the points we're going to come on to later. That you you don't you're right. You have no idea what to expect. Anything can happen. Literally anything. And I say that as we come to Will and his magnificent Stoke City team. And when we say anything can happen, am I right in thinking you finished 17th, Will? Uh, no, I think it's a bit higher than that, my friend. Was it? A, 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 let's say the lower mid-table mark that Stoke finished in. And yet you were probably the, the team that affected the promotion and playoffs the most. Beating Brentford and then smashing Nottingham Forest 4-1 to take them out of the playoff um, places and put Swansea into it. I mean, what was it like being a, a Stoke City fan for the last two games of the season at least, Will? I've been waiting all season for some shit housing like that, Dan. <laughs> we were known for it in the Premier League. We were known for it in the Championship beforehand. This is what we are known for. Absolutely. I don't want to swear too much because if I start swearing about how excited I was, about how it was, I, I will just carry on. Absolutely magic. And it was the fact as well that I had no care in the world if Nottingham Forest um, weren't to get promoted. <laughs> like, I didn't care. I didn't care they were fifth in the table. I was just right. Get the draw in. Get to, I mean, 15th in itself is quite a respectful position. I think I was like every other Nottingham Forest fan before. And I was thinking, Swansea, Nottingham, what, a six-goal swing? Like, that's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden, we get the early goal. I'm thinking, oh, 1-0. Like, I'm thinking to myself, it's possibly still going to be a draw. Nottingham. Forest, who then get, you know, cheeky little corner, goal goes in, absolutely fantastic, 1-1. I'm thinking, that's the game, done. But the Nottingham Forest just stopped playing. They just stopped playing. And we brought Josh Tymon on, who has been playing in the Portuguese second division for the last year of his life, made five appearances, and then all of a sudden he becomes Roberto Carlos with two assists. <laughs> and we're 3-1 up. All of a sudden I'm thinking, you know what? Screw them. Let's get it. Let's go for this. Let's absolutely go for this. And then we played the first time I've ever seen us play counter-attacking football since the days of Tony Pulis. It was absolutely oh. unbelievable. And I feel so... And I'll give him this. I feel so awful. Was it is it Soul who scored the own goal at the end? Because James McLean should have just passed it. Um, yeah. To I, one, I can't believe you passed it so far in front. <laughs> right next he could to have passed it to someone else. But he chose to just hit it off the, off the striker. <laughs> and it went in. That's how you bloody do it. And then Swansea, fair play to them, um, beating Reading 4-1, which, to be honest, I don't know what's the story. Swansea beat... Yeah, no, it's got to be Nottingham Forest falling apart, falling apart. But I don't give a flying monkeys. It was just, yeah, Michael O'Neill is manager of the season and I'll have no other word about it. I'll have no other word about it. I actually it. think under Michael O'Neill that Stoke are potentially going to be championship playoff contenders maybe behave with yourself genuinely <laughs> i think playoff playing james mclean as left oh it doesn't matter behave playoff with, contenders. with michael o'neill in charge with that end of season form i think playoff contenders with danny bart as the league's top goal scorer next season <laughs> uh, josh, three goals and four baby three i know what a ridiculous four. form josh uh will talked there about nottingham forest and i know justin was probably delighted as a derby fan to see nottingham forest collapse slightly as a leicester <laughs> fan josh i'm sure on wednesday you might have been a little bit happy about nottingham forest's uh, slight collapse, I suppose, as, as one of your local rivals? It was a bit of a delight. So I work in Nottingham as well. And uh, it was uh, it was very pleasurable indeed, just seeing, uh, <laughs> seeing over Zoom, of course, but seeing people at work the next day was yeah, very pleasant yeah. indeed. Now got, this... got, yeah, go I've got a real habit of, of doing it. They've, yeah, yeah. Not, 
sort of in, in the running, sort of in the promotion places, and always seem to shoot themselves in the foot in the last. I'm more as a, someone who works in Nottingham, but has no affinity to Nottingham teams. Notts County is the kind of the cooler team to support for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to support the cooler team at times, haven't you? Um, now, Josh, obviously, um, you, I'm sure you would have followed the championship uh, final day, but your your loyalties and allegiances lie uh, higher up in the Premier League. Um, now, of course, you didn't make the uh, Champions League in the end. How how does that feel if you judge it now? And how would you have felt at the start of the season if your team had finished in fifth? So now it feels obviously a bit gutting. Um, being 12 points clear um, early on in the season and just watching that league getting eaten away, particularly start of lockdown, just having an appalling run of form. Um, it just it kind of almost seemed inevitable at one stage that we'd just keep dropping points. And it was almost a surprise in the end that it came down to the last day and it was still in our hands. Um, and to kind of lose to a 50-50 penalty, maybe I'm being showing my bias there, is a bit gutting. But um, I think at the beginning of the season, absolutely, we would have taken um, late stages in the cup competition and fifth place. That would have been unbelievable. Um, Brendan Rodgers' first full season. That's quite an achievement. So, yeah, you, are, you, are you looking forward to the Europa League next year? Because, I mean, as a Villa fan, when we qualified in, in sixth and got to the Europa League three times, uh, way back in Martin O'Neill's days, I was delighted every year. And, and people kind of look down at the Europa League, whereas for me, it's a European competition, which is a way of getting into the Champions League if you take it seriously. Absolutely. If you aim to win it, aim for that Champions League place, completely, completely agree. I just I worry that the kind of the squad depth in recent weeks with Madison being out, with Pereira being out, has been really kind of cut to the bone, like mm. kind of contributing factor to the poor form. So to have those kind of Thursday night fixtures, going to need a significantly bigger squad to kind of to push on, qualify for Champions League next season. But yeah. I think the owners the owners must realise that now that it's a kind of paper thin squad when you look at it really and. Yeah, I think uh, it's a bit deflated on the day, but it's not so bad, really, given yeah. <laughs> given where we are. I think squad depth is the exact right thing, Josh. And I, and I, I know he's a, a title-winning captain, but the fact that you've still got Wes Morgan as your centre-back, um, <laughs> I know that Soyuncu is your first choice, but the fact you've still got Wes Morgan playing there. Um, and, it, and it was harsh on Johnny Evans because it was Wes Morgan, I think, that gave away the penalty. I think Johnny Evans got the ball. I think Wes Morgan came in and clipped uh, Martial. But... Um, I think the fact you still got Wes Morgan playing there is is a sad indictment of the fact of your lack of squad depth, and I think that's ultimately what cost you. It was a classic Wes Morgan moment where a mark <laughs> in the box, a tremendous air volley, which was uh, <laughs> yeah. typified Morgan's performance. You ever I can't think believe sometimes... he's won a Premier League title. I know. Is he you... like the most unlikely man to have won a Premier League title? It's got to be oh, up there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You're looking at maybe Bebe. Ah, um, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, or Eric Jemba Jemba, maybe. But I think I think Wes Morgan's up there along with Danny Simpson, to be honest. Um, Chris, you don't support a team in either the Championship or the or the Premier League. So how were your... What was your excitement level? Because you didn't have a, a like a, a, a real investment in any team. I suppose for all of us here, we had an investment in a side in some ways was uh, contributing to other teams' downfall or in some ways was was contributing to their own either downfall or successes. Well, how, how did you um, 
follow the last day of both the Championship and Premier League? And, and, and what was your feelings during both of them? So, yeah, so with the Championship, unfortunately not having Sky Sports kind of scuppered me a bit on actually following any of the games uh, live like that. But um, in terms of the, um, the actual action, yeah, I was sort of following it on the minute-by-minute uh, kind of uh, kind of thing and uh, yeah just watching it all change minute by minute was was really exciting even on that pretty basic uh, kind of text-based kind of way um, but it still conveyed the sort of emotion of what was going on um, so yeah it's still yeah kind of an old-fashioned way of following it but uh, still enjoyed it nonetheless and then with the Premier League I was uh, watching the watching the old team down Villa um, in the relegation fight which was which was pretty interesting. I think the game which probably would have been best to watch probably would have been the Manchester United Leicester game because that had both teams invested in trying to go for something, whereas a lot of the other games had one or none. So, uh, so but uh, that was on Sky, so I settled for the next best, which was the relegation battle, which was <laughs> yeah, which was fully interesting as well, to be honest. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, at the end of the season, I enjoyed watching them. Both. I know we've spoken about it already, but. That was the worst 90 minutes I've ever endured of any football game. Um, I hated every second of it and then went crazy when the final whistle went. So it was, uh, it was horrendous. Um, as Chris said there, Justin, it was one of those in the Premier League where some teams had something to play for and others kind of didn't. In the Championship, and, and, and this is the last thing we'll kind of we'll look at before we all go on to debate which league we think is better and why. In the Championship, am I right in thinking that 11 out of the 12 games had something riding on it um, and there was only one that didn't. Yeah, about that. I think right up until three games to go, Reading were the only team that were um, guaranteed to be playing championship football. So every team still had a chance of being promoted or relegated. Um, and that's with three games of the, the, the league to go. Um, but obviously 11 out of the 12 games... Um, it's just, it's just mad. It is mad, and it's, it's the unpredictability. It's, it's everything you need in a league. Um, whereas, you know, the Premier League on, on Sunday, um, it just wasn't quite as exciting. I don't know whether it's because Sky Sports were doing it their way or what. Mm. It just, it just didn't feel as exciting um, as it was on uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, I, th- I think that's. I, th- I tend to agree, um, but we will come on to that uh, very shortly. I just want to ask you first, Justin, about the the future. What what do you think the future holds for the likes of Hull, Wigan, Charlton, three relegated teams, three teams with awful ownership, um, mm-hmm. th- very recently, uh, which kind of tells a sad story in itself that those are the three teams that are going down. Um, what do you think the future holds for them? Well, you know, if the Wigan ownership situation gets sorted out quickly, um, then they, they might be okay. It's the administrations, they're going to get stripped of every decent player they have. And obviously, the form they've been in, they're going to have a lot of interested uh, parties. I, I said, you know, before we, we start recording that Anthony Robinson and um, Joe Williams, who are two cracking players, both got release mm. causes of one and a half million pounds, which is a steal for any team in the Championship and probably lower half of the Premier League. Um so they, they, it might take them a while to bounce back. Hall, I can't see them bouncing back for for a while. They're, again, they've been stripped of everything sellable that they have, any quality that they have. Um, I, they're in a bad state because of the ownership. They've got money, but just not investing in the squad. Uh, and then Charlton, again, another dodgy ownership situation. They're under a transfer embargo. Macaulay, Bond, Dylan Phillips, 
both been linked with 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 transfers mm. that moves away from from the valley. So again, it, it's hard to see them bouncing uh, straight back up, and they've got to compete with teams that are far more organised and have ownerships that are actually stable. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really difficult to see any of them come back anytime soon. And you you, you wonder and think, well. It took ages for Portsmouth to become anywhere near a club that challenged and they had to go down to League Two for that to even start happening. And you wonder, is that, especially for me, for the likes of Hull, is that where they're headed? And and you don't want to see that. And, and as a former Hull University graduate, I definitely don't want to see that either because it's a real soft spot for me for, for Hull City. Um, anyway. We are going to move the conversation on because this section is all about a debate between the Premier League and the Championship. As Justin mentioned there, so much excitement on the last day of the Championship season. So much riding on it for each team. And there was a, it was almost the start of the debate there of where the, the, real drama, uh, the real drama lay. But we're going to come to that last because I've got five different areas for us to debate on. And I'm going to come to a different person each time and then anyone else can have their thoughts and counteract and make it like a proper debate. Now, if we can get this done in 20 minutes, guys, <laughs> then, then good news because that's the plan. So um, the first one, and um, Chris, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Sure. And then a, a different person, as I said, each time. The first one is about quality. So which one is better in terms of quality? So when I say quality, I mean players, managers, teams, and refereeing. And when I say refereeing, that also includes the recent introduction of VAR and, and all the problems that's had. So Chris, which one in, in your mind do you think is better in terms of quality? And I'll go through that again. Players, managers, teams, and officiating. In general, which one do you think is better in terms of quality? My immediate instinct on this particular one was the Premier League because I don't think any of us can argue that the players are of higher quality. Yeah, the league. they're literally a division above. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a bit of a no-brainer. And the same goes for managers, really. Especially recently, we've had some really top-level managers mm. come into the league from uh, like Conte, a winner in Italy, obviously Guardiola, European champion Klopp, who's obviously won titles in Germany before coming to Liverpool and making them relevant as a title uh, contender again after 30 years. So the managers, I think, particularly in recent years, have really uh, been very impressive in the Premier League. And uh, there's some very interesting managers coming out of the Championship, though. Obviously, last year, Chris Wilder had uh, worked his way up through many leagues and uh, mm-hmm. has taken uh, Sheffield United up and then been very successful in the Premier League as well. So... I think the Championship is very interesting as a sort of uh, testing ground for a lot of managers. But I think purely comparing quality, which you talked about, uh, which is the category here, I think you have to say Premier League for that as well. Um, with the refereeing, that's quite interesting because... is Forgive my ignorance here. Is VAR applied in the Championship or not? No, it's not. No. It's, it's, no. it's not at all. Not at all. So on that basis... Um, I think that's something in the championship's favour, to be honest, because you, you keep the main, the you keep the emotion of, of the goal scoring and not <laughs> sort of keep yourself in check for uh, half a minute to see yeah. if it's uh, if it's actually going to count or not. Uh, I remember watching a game earlier. I know it's not the championship, but uh, in the uh, Carabao Cup, which doesn't use VR either, 
And it was really refreshing when a goal went in that may be offside, but it didn't matter. You could just say, he's not putting his up. (laughs) That wasn't really that long ago that that was normal. And now it's like a nice blast from the past, like a very. I was so, looking at I was looking at um, I was looking at Justin's face, uh, Chris, when you said um, that it's nice that the officiating is kept on the pitch. When you look at the at the standard of officiating in the championship, it is so bad. It is so <laughs> bad. I can't believe it's there's the only one. one I mean, what, yeah, Will, I'll come to you on that because obviously you're currently in the championship experience I, and that's so, officiating. So coming down, so it, it it just got to the point where after about three games actually no it didn't it took me about five six seven eight games to stop saying the phrase I genuinely can't believe how bad the officiating it's is so like, bad so, so much worse isn't I it I had just yeah I mean I just missed out on VAR you know so I've been used to sort of Premier League refereeing and used to think like oh god like Mark Dean makes it all about him like Mark Clattenburg's an absolute arsehole and just just thinking in such a way but you come down to the state of refereeing and it's all like part-time PE teachers who didn't make <laughs> sort of like take out on players I'm only joking that's not fair at all I do think referees <laughs> yeah. get a say, hard it's hard. <laughs> no no don't get me wrong I know it's hard job I'm only yeah. taking them at you know classic football level. Oy, 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 oy. Um, <laughs> but it's more of the point of the fact that I don't blame the championship I blame the standard of refereeing because once again we're giving so much money into VAR we're not actually giving money into the well VAR isn't the problem the rules are the problem in the Premier League whereas actually the standard of refereeing outside of the Premier League it's completely forgotten about. It's similar to stadiums. It's it's similar to security. It's similar to coverage. Once we move outside of the Premier League, the reason why the Championship is the best, one of the best leagues in the world, is because they keep battling against a certain system, which is basically created them to be second best in every single aspect of the game. But it's not when it comes to sort of passion. Yeah, when it comes to quality, it is because other than the playoff final, there isn't that much money in the Championship. But yeah, no. In regards to the refereeing, the standard of it is absolutely terrible. It's Oof. kind of bre- you. You when you win the league in the championship, you don't buy it because the refs will do whatever they can to make <laughs> sure that they stop you from doing so. And so when you win the leagues like Leeds do, it's because they just keep battering you, scoring yeah. more goals. Oh, we didn't score one. Oh, that one's been given offside. We'll score again. Are oh, you giving that as a foul? We'll score again. That's the only way you can win it. And not be lucky. I think, I think it said everything that at the start of the season, Kevin Friend and against Aston Villa um, gave a foul and a yellow card to Jack Grealish for diving against Crystal Palace when he hadn't appealed for a penalty and he laid the ball off to Henry Lansbury to, to slot at home on the 95th minute and we didn't we missed out on a point against Crystal Palace and instead of being demoted to the championship he got demoted to fourth official in his next game instead and it kind of then kind of points out that as if they thought, oh, well, Kevin Friend's not that bad that we'll put him to the championship for next time. He's still better than those guys. And it just, it was like, right, yeah. I, 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 I'd, you forget how bad the, the officiating is once yeah. you've been in the Premier League for just one season. Uh, you can't right. be too annoyed, though, Dan, because you literally scored a goal. Hey. Oh, <laughs> a goal. Because <laughs> <laughs> his one wasn't turned on, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, the goalkeeper literally pulled, his, pulled a ball into the net. Yeah, and- but... It, it, and and no one saw it. Give or take. Yeah, I mean, it might have been right. Right across the line, might not. You know, you never know. Um, so <laughs> we all, are we <laughs> are we all agreed then that Premier League gets the point for quality? Any any? I mean, it's down to the money, but yeah, uh, okay. it's down to the money. Yeah. The championship. Can't well, we'll come on. We'll like come on to that in a little yeah. bit, Will. Um, because so that's one point to the Premier League. Um, unpredictability yeah. is the next one, and Justin, I'm going to come to you for that one. <laughs> Which league is better for unpredictability? 
<laughs> and when I, mean, I when I say that, I mean bear in mind that the Premier League has a top six, which fair enough, Leicester and Wolves and the likes of those have, have tried to break into, and Leicester have managed to. Um, also bear in mind the fact that we pretty much knew who was going to be in the relegation zone, and then flipped that to the Championship. And, and which one do you think is is more unpredictable? I think if you just take the Premier League uh, as an example, Sheffield United probably the most unpredictable team in the league this season. Everybody else, you could have gone. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that's about right. Um, so that that's the only sort of air of unpredictability I've sort of found with the the Premier League this season. You go down to the Championship. Okay, you'd have had leads in the top two: West Brom, Brentford, Fulham. You sort of go in top six, yeah. But then you add the fact that the, the playoffs are add a, almost a lottery to, to things. Brentford are a form team, but you know they're going to their second leg one nil down. To Swansea, who snuck in literally in the last minute of the season um, into the playoffs, and then you go down to the the relegation zone. As I said before, no team was guaranteed to be relegated. Okay, Hall had to be a massive swing um, goals wise, uh, and they had to win, but they still weren't confirmed as relegation uh, to be relegated. It's it's unpre- unprecedented this season, especially, and I think that unpredictability. You know, Luton, Barnsley, their form has been unreal since football returned. You just you can't you can't get it anywhere else. You, you can't, and anybody can beat anybody. Anybody can finish anywhere. Sheffield United last season are a great example. You know, budgets don't matter in the Championship. They help, but they don't matter. Compare that to the Premier League. It's yeah, it's it's more unpredictable than the Premier League could ever wish to be. Uh, yeah, and Josh, I'm going to come to you as a kind of let's play devil's advocate here and say. Leicester were 14 points ahead of Manchester United and finished, was it four points behind? Villa were seven points adrift of Watford with four games to go and finished a point above Watford. Um, or a, a few points or, uh, or, or however it finished. I can't actually remember anymore. I was just too jubilant and, and excited. Um, and I, I wasn't meaning to point that out just because it was Leicester and Villa. But as two examples of unpredictability in the Premier League, where do you think it, it rates alongside the Championship? I think, yeah, you've probably picked out the two most unpredictable examples. Certainly, beginning a lockdown, um, you wouldn't have expected Man United to be able to overturn Leicester and and I suppose the relegation battle was a little bit more uncertain, but you probably would have expected Villa to go down, if that's fair. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, you've, picked, you've certainly picked out the two things that were less likely to happen, but kind of overall, compared with the Championship, I would say, it's almost like Man United were expected to get four, so that it almost made it more predictable that they came back. So it was a bit of a change. The only thing I would say to counter it, I would say that Leicester 2016 was the most unpredictable mm. more than any championship has ever been. Just, I don't, because of the, just because of the financial disparities in the Premier yeah. League being so much faster than the championship, that will just always be the most unlikely thing for me that's ever happened in English football. I don't even think it was unpredictable that Leicester were in that position. I think the unpredictability came that they held that position. Mm-hmm. I think that, that I was... I also think that in that... Oh, sorry. Mm. I think that was the and, big thing, that they, that they managed to hold off everybody else for the rest of the mm. season. Particularly sort of after Christmas when they, um, everyone has sort of figured them out and they sort of ground out a succession of like 1-0 and just, just kept grinding out really close victories. Yeah, definitely. definitely. That would be my only counter, but I vote championship. So are, are we saying that the championship 
And please tell me if, if anybody thinks differently, the championship gets the point for unpredictability. All say aye. Please don't actually say that. Um, is there anybody that disagrees? Lovely. So that's a point each and it's a great time to end part one of this uh, little segment. We're going to come back for part two of this segment um, and continue to debate which is better, the Premiership, uh, Premier League or the Championship. Back next. Welcome back to the second section of um, the debate, which is better, the Premier League or the Championship. Just before that little break, um, it was one all. The Championship won on unpredictability, but the Premier League won on quality. Now, Will, I'm going to come to you for the next one, because the next one is coverage. And what I mean by that is, obviously Sky have the rights mostly to the Premier League, but also BT Sport and Amazon Prime have the odd one too. And since Project Restart, BBC have even chipped in. The Championship is, is shown on Sky. Now, what I mean by coverage is how accessible are the games? Um, obviously, the Championship in midweek fixtures has the red button. You can go and watch any team, which is, I think, a fantastic feature, which the Premier League should look to implement at some point. But also commentary, punditry. Where do you think, Will, the... the um, the quality lies in terms of coverage. Is Championship better or Premier League better? I think this is going to be the shortest one. It's, it's obviously the Premier League. Um, there's, there's no, there's no ifs or ands or buts about it. I mean, even if you watch like Sky Sports, it feels like when they have to show a Championship game, it's literally because they're forced to do so because there's nothing else better on. Mm -hmm. um, like you can even watch it in like in the little boxes that they sit in. Like before the sky, before the game happens, if it's the Premier League, they're not. They're a, they're a lot nicer. It's like a room in the Ritz, whereas the boxes before that, the Championships game, about that, that caravan that teachers used to say, oh, it's only it's transitional caravan. You know, you got your lessons in there. Mobile and classroom. And it'll move when we make the building. Yeah, mobile classroom, and yet they're there for the next ten years of your life. <laughs> um, no, there's, there's no doubt about it. BT, BBC have had the opportunity to, you know, really push for a Championship channel, which is, you know, respectable. And what they've chosen to do, um, BT have gone for City R, and um, the BBC have just made more documentaries. Um, uh, yeah, no, there's there's no question about this in regards to the coverage globally and hell even nationally. It's always the Premier League. Like um, on 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 Sky Sports, for example, I was trying to watch um, a Championship game the other night on Sky Football, and they were showing highlights of an Arsenal game. There's there's no doubt about that. The Premier League is covered um, a lot better than the Championship. And if any of you others think that's not, I would really, really, really be interested in hearing your theory and what year you were actually sectioned. Well, Josh. The, only thing, the only thing I would say is that purely economically, if you want to watch every single Premier League match, well, not that you can anyway, because some of them have three o'clock kickoff, you have to get three yep. different packages now, Amazon, BT and Sky. Whereas at least yep. with Sky, you know, you could, if you just wanted to watch championship games, you just have to get the one. Mm. Which is the only the only thing I'd say. I don't think like the diversification of think, providers yeah. is necessarily like good for the mm. consumer. Which is, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it's good for the consumer, make, but, you know. Yeah, I'm not saying it's good for the consumer, but I'm stating the fact that people will still pay like pubs and that. I mean, we've had this conversation ages ago. Pubs will pay out the nose and put themselves in debt to make sure they've got Now TV, Sky, BT, and the rest of it. Whereas it's okay because you can watch the championship on Quest. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but having said that Colin Murray is oh he's great brilliant Colin Murray is great he's literally but he's taken a pay cut to do that you can yeah. tell he does that because <laughs> love the sport Colin Murray I think is the only moral man in sort of 
football pundits when he left Talksport because of the whole Murdoch takeover. Yeah. That was like, oh my Christ, there's there's actually someone who's got like a lot of genuine integrity. Not insulting anyone at Talksport. I worked under Andy Jacobs and Paul Hawksby. They're really lovely men. Um, but it's like Colin Moore is taking over this because he wants to make it his baby. That's absolutely fair enough. Um, but come on. I mean, I don't really know what we're talking about. I do think the fact that you pointed out that it's on Quest it kind of <laughs> tells the whole story um, as if as if the championship is some kind of adventure program. And now the unpredictability element and, and, and entertainment element of the championship kind of maybe does make it an adventure program in its own right. But I think the fact that, it, like you said, well, it is on Quest. The one thing I have to say is Daniel Mann. And he is the mm-hmm. the chosen Sky Sports commentator. I think is so underrated and so undervalued by Sky. I think he's brilliant. He's such a good lead commentator and should have made the step up years ago to the Premier League. But for some reason, probably the the dominance of Martin Tyler hasn't. And that's that's a real shame, I think, Justin. No, absolutely. Uh, his commentary in the Derby Leeds game in the playoff semi final was spine tingling yeah and I'll, I'll also add that Mick McCarthy is a summariser for championship <laughs> which is the greatest I, I will listen to hours of Mick McCarthy over <laughs> anybody gosh. else he so. just seems so angry even when happy <laughs> it's great I love the guy has anyone heard his McCarthy? sketches on Atletico Mint Mick McCarthy oh, it's really, oh yeah that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> the Sean Dyche rap as well in Atletico Mint is just next to genius as is the Roy Hodgson Warhammer but um, anyway. you know what don't stop listening to us go listen yeah, to that now <laughs> this, this, this is boring you. we're all boring it's fine. Um, but I think Will is right the, the coverage I think you can even tell the fact that on, on the championship coverage they've got one camera angle especially midweek I mean when you, you've got the red button yeah. option they've got one camera so they, they cut to a replay and it's just the exact thing, same thing you've watched but in slow motion as if we're still living in the 19 early 1990s 1980s yeah it's, it's also why we me and Ryan started the second year podcast because there's no championship dedicated podcasts out there we were sick to our ears of listening to 15 minutes on the end of a football podcast you know we yeah. wanted to dedicate an hour to it um so we're doing our bit but not near enough um not near enough coverage as, uh, as a premier league so i think then we're all agreed that coverage goes to premier league lovely yeah. no no deniers <laughs> and that's that's another point of the premier league two points to one the next one josh and i'm going to come to you for this one is ethics now this is a really difficult one and one we have talked about before but what I mean by that is, where do we stand ethically between the Premier League and the Championship? Neither the EFL uh, or the Premier League um, or the FA in general have covered themselves in much glory when it comes to allowing certain individuals to run football clubs. Um, but where do you think, which one do you think is more ethically correct? Let's put it that way the Premier League or the Championship? I mean, it's a little bit like a rock and a hard place. Neither are um, kind of upstanding ethical organisations. But I think as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, um, the, the championship ownership, um, the, yeah, the situation we discussed a couple of weeks ago with Wigan is just kind of absolutely staggering for that the EFL allowed that to pass through without kind of way through without any kind of process at all when there should be one. And I think Will made the point 
that that was kind of the case in the Premier League for for some years, and that it did happen. There was some kind of awful takeovers that again there was no kind of oversight. But there's almost now so much money involved that it doesn't kind of tend to happen as much. I think ethics-wise, it's like such a terrible prize to have. But I can't believe I'm giving an ethics prize to the Premier League. But I would say it edges it. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, what, what do you think, Chris? Because the Premier League hasn't always been the best, as well as pointed out, in terms of the ridiculous amounts of money that are there for almost suffocating other leagues. Um, but then when you look at the likes uh, or the, the EFL's, let's call it the fit and proper person test, that has said that the owners of Wigan, the owners of Hull, the owners of Charlton are fit and proper people. And then you go down the pyramid, Berry, Macclesfield, whoever, are fit and proper people in order to be able to run a football club successfully. Um, where do you think the, the ethical argument lies here? Yeah, I think it's, it's important to draw a distinction between the clubs and the league as well, because I remember at the start of lockdown, uh, Will listing all of the different initiatives each, or mm. many different clubs were bringing in for, to deal with coronavirus, which was all really, uh, really good stuff. Um, but as the league itself goes, yeah, trying to compare these two is a bit like two bald men fighting over a comb, to be honest. Because <laughs> neither of them, yeah, like you say, have covered themselves in glory. I think in recent years, the Premier League's got slightly better in that there hasn't been, obviously in the last 20 years, we've seen Leeds be completely, uh, almost go under by their excesses in the Premier League. We've seen Portsmouth have several quite poor owners and they've they've sank had to sink down the divisions as well um so i think we have seen slightly less and at the moment newcastle uh well that hasn't been waved through like some are <laughs> so it's maybe slightly better than it used to be but it's not fantastic and yeah this the stuff but compared to what's going on in the uh the championship and below it's uh, like a shining beacon of uh moral uh yeah, moles really. So it's probably a, it's a very reluctant point to the Premier League, I think. But neither really deserve it. It's a nil nil. So <laughs> yeah, should, we, should we just kind of level it off at that point? That yeah, I think we don't give a point to League One. Yeah, yeah, nil nil. No, no. Okay. Is everyone else happy for, to not give a point to either for, for this? For this it's, a, it's either a, a, an horrific way of, well, it's, it's the argument of, in the last year alone, how crap the proper person's test is within the championship versus the horrific kind of Saudi Arabian takeover and all the moral integrity they, they bring in the Premier League. So, fucking nil nil. Both own goals, red card to each. I, hey, I don't I'm, know. I'm a happy. If everyone else is, I'm happy for that. Yeah, no points, no points awarded for ethics. There we go, done, done and dusted. Uh, now the last one, just I'm going to come to you first on this one: drama and enjoyment. Now, obviously, we've we've gone for unpredictability. Now I'm going to add a sixth one after the, after this, um, as a fan's point of view, basically. And I'm going to go to each of us and where we would want to be as a fan. But drama and, and enjoyment alone. How does the drama and enjoyment compare in the championship to the drama and enjoyment that, uh, to the Premier League game by game? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because if I, if, if I support a club in the Premier League, I don't know where I stand because I know I'm not going to be near the top six. So where does success come? Whereas if I'm winning games, 
and you know gunning for the playoffs or the automatics you've got something to go for and even if you're trying to avoid relegation you know you saw the celebrations from the Barnsley lot who got, were survived by default because of uh, you know a, a points reduction to Wigan but they still celebrated like they won the league um, but you, you know you still enjoy every single minute and the the you know veracity that games come Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday means you know it's it's full time enjoyment, um, and as well as that, I think you're more invested in in your teams at a championship level because there's just it just feels like there's more going on. It's it's uh, as I say because I've not I've not supported a team in the Premier League for 13 years <laughs> and that season was horrific. Um, it's it might have left me a bit scarred and you know a bit of bit of, yeah mental scarring of, of the. Premier League but it's just there's more going on in the Championship than there is or, or there will ever be in the, in the Premier League you know teams can be successful in their own right Rotherham finishing mid-table would be a massive success and you can be proud of them because of where they've come from how big they are so I I, I definitely edge towards um, the Championship because as I say six, you, know, you can get you, you can get a trip to Wembley in the Championship if you go through the playoffs whereas Premier League you you see FA Cup or the League Cup, you know. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's as, many successes in the in the the grand scheme of things. As a, as a fan that has enjoyed a Wembley trip twice in the last three seasons, um, and and getting to the playoff final, I think that is that is something that you kind of wish you could experience in the Premier League in some sort of manner. If there were, if there was a way of doing something like that, it was a great occasion. And, and, and Will, do do you agree with? with Justin's points there. And to, to take that further, do you think that the playoffs adds extra drama and, and enjoyment to surpass the Premier Leagues? Um, I mean, I think, I mean, to be honest, Jordan just hit the nail right on the head there. It, it's, it, I mean, depends on how much money you have is how much you generally enjoy the Premier League. This is how important, and his point of what earlier in regards to Chris Wilder, it wasn't just so important that it was a team doing well who have just come up because you know we saw that with Hull, you know we saw that partly with you know a lot of different teams who've come up. But it's the fact that Chris Welder has come up with overlapping centre backs, which is I've never seen that tactic from a manager ever used. That's quite exciting. But in regard to the championship of anything below the bottom six or just above the bottom five, there's just a lot of dead air. Which essentially, I mean, Everton always win the Everton Cup, which is just <laughs> uh, the Everton Cup being obviously. Um, being the best of the rest of the bad bunch, in which it was taken away from him recently. But no one really cares about them after a certain point. What do you do? It's sort of like the whole Charlton, Stoke and Bournemouth thing. After a certain point of being possibly mid-table to lower-end clubs, after five to ten years, what do you do? Where's to go next? Whereas in the Championship, my God, I hate it. But it's a feeling. Like when, I, when we were ninth for three years in a row, after a certain point, I was like, oh, okay, right, this is... This is okay. This is nice. But every single game of the last five, six games, I had emotion and it was just so kind of refreshing. So, yeah, I think Jordan hits the nail on the head in regards of how sort of dead the Premier League can be if you don't have the money unless you're fighting relegation. The Championship over the last two years, other than under Gary Rowett, has been some of the most exciting, whether that be good or bad, doesn't matter, that I've ever had to experience the last five, six years of being a Stoke City fan. And that's really I mean from my own opinion. I mean, as Will, as Will said there, Josh, there is excitement in the Championship. But as a Leicester City fan yourself, I mean, you went from almost being dead and buried under Nigel Pearson 
to the last nine games or so, somehow escaping the relegation zone, to hiring Claudio Ranieri and then winning the Premier League the season afterwards. And now you were under Claude Puel, who was mid-table-ish, and then Brendan Rodgers and you're back up there again. Surely that's a crazy amount of drama and, and enjoyment for you, specifically your team. Specifically Leicester, yeah. The drama's been pretty on a very high level for the last, last few seasons kind of dipped a bit with Puel Ball, but try to forget about that. Um, yeah, I, I, as a Leicester fan, I feel great about the Premier League. Quite enough drama and enjoyment for me. I, I completely get what you guys are saying. The kind of, sort of 8 to 14 is not perhaps not an enjoyable place to be as a fan. And without, maybe if you go out early in the cup as well, it becomes kind of more so. The only thing I would say is, I suppose being kind of, being a team like Sheffield United in the Premier League, it really gets kind of neutrals of in the Premier League behind you. Everyone wants a team like Sheffield United to do well, who are kind of doing the impossible in having such a shoestring budget and getting kind of you know really closely to um, Europe. Um, I don't even know. Did they make it in the end? No, they didn't. Uh, no. It, doesn't it depend on whether? No, our... they, they, no they didn't make it quite. Do they not? No, no, they can't make it. But came very close. Fantastic, fantastic. But, but I guess all that that was oh, kind cool. of incredibly like impressive, and that was so you almost like per team there was less excitement. But for that one team, I feel that was kind of more difficult than anyone in the championship had to do. Yeah, I mean, Chris, you've probably got the best. Uh, <laughs> you've got the best judgment here, I suppose, because you are a fan of a team in League One, so therefore you can really judge the championship versus the Premier League in terms of their drama and enjoyment um, completely neutrally. So where do you see it lying here? Yeah, I think if Lincoln got, say, obviously, you'd, I'd love to see Lincoln have even one year in the Premier League, just to see yeah. how, <laughs> just to see them playing at ludicrous stadiums like <laughs> Old Trafford and <laughs> Anfield or whatever on merit. Like that would be really special, even if they lost every single game. Uh, so I, I would love to see that one day. That would be amazing. But I think, but looking back on it, say so say I don't know, and hopefully I'll live this long. But saying like fifty years, and say Lincoln did get in the Premier League one year, and then had twenty years in the Championship and the rest of the time in lower leagues, you'd, I'd probably be looking back thinking, oh, some of those Championship seasons were amazing, like some of the drama which went on. So I think, yeah, overall. I think I'd probably be getting more enjoyment on average out of the, the championship seasons. But um, yeah, you'd always dream of that, <laughs> that one year. Of, I, think, I think that's the thing. And I think that's what we'll come to. The hope, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that's what we'll come to in the last, in the final, in the final point. Mm. Um, but as you said there, Chris, you go from being a, a championship team at the top, winning most of your games and you get promoted and become a Premier League team who lose most of their games. And I yeah. think that's a massive transition for a fan. Um, if it was me, and I, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that's three people voting for drama and enjoyment in the championship in Justin, Will and Chris. I might change because, oh. to be honest, the feeling of bit That's the thing, though, because I'm saying well, now that I'm, in the, that I'm not in the Premier League. But no, Will, does it's that... The, it's the constant banter of, I mean, but you're still in the yeah. championship, though. Yeah, but does that does oh, that come as a know. as a fan, or is that like if if you if you if you weren't a Stoke City fan and you looked at well, it? Well, no, because like even my 
if you looked yeah. at it with a non-judgment like a, a completely objective hat on which lead do you think is has more drama and enjoyment do you think there's more drama in the championship or the premier league do you think there's more drama in the uh, enjoyment sorry um for teams in the championship or the premier league and, and also bear in mind you've got 46 games in the championship and 38 yeah in the and, premier and, league. and i'm not I'm, I, i'd probably say thinking about it, the championship's more entertaining than people think but i'm thinking leicester city winning the premier league sergio aguero yeah. scoring that winner west <laughs> bromwich Albion, the great escape and you know what i'm Going to change my answer. I'm going to say can I can I just add a point before you do? Oh. <laughs> hold, the, on, hold on, hold on. I'm winning back. Just <laughs> here we go. I'm here. Speak to me. In the Premier League, once you've been to an Old Trafford, to an Emirates, yeah, and all sorts, you you've been to it. You've experienced it. Mm-hmm. Great Championship okay. teams come up. Wickham this season. I I yeah, I, I really really do hope that we don't get that Derby don't get a fixture with them in the first couple of weeks away because I really mm. want to go to Ivans Park I've been to Yeovil I've been to Plymouth I've been everywhere um, yeah okay it's, it's the championship but you know you get to go to different grounds these quirky grounds that you'd never get in the Premier League you got Dean Court but now that's gone um, you just you don't get to experience that anywhere anywhere else maybe in the lower leagues but you know we talk, we'll talk we'll you know, focus on the championship, but as I say, you know, there's a chance to go to Adams Park, Griffin Park, obviously will be the the new stadium, but there are these old school grounds that you get to go to that you'd never experience in the Premier League. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, I went to both the Man City and Arsenal game and the atmosphere was absolutely dead. Exactly. Yeah. How, on the flip oh. side though, oh. I went to a whole oh. City Burnley game and that was the worst game of my entire life. <laughs> uh, a dead atmosphere, nil-nil, or one-nil, I think. Nathan Delfonso might have scored a, a scrappy goal in the 94th minute for Burnley. Uh, it was awful. The worst game I've ever seen. So I think the, the lack of atmosphere can come in both. Um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself out there first. If you, I'm gonna ask myself as a fan in a second which league I'd rather be in, and that's a different answer. But for me, in terms of drama, I can't look past the championship. I think the championship has more drama than the Premier League because the teams are so much more even in a strange way. It, the fact that the team like Wigan, who looked almost dead and buried, and I know they've gone down, but they went through a, a period of winning so many games in a row to just rise up the table. Villa. When the season that we went up, we were like 14th, 15th, something like that, and then won 10 games in a row and got up to the playoffs when it looked like we had no chance of doing so. I think personally, there is more drama in the championship than there is in the Premier League, and that I'm going to give the point to the championship for me. Justin, championship or Premier League? Championship. Josh, <laughs> championship or Premier League? I'm going to Premier League on this one. Chris, championship or Premier League? Uh, yeah, championship, just. That's three already for the championship. So, Will. Championship or Premier League? I am going to say, because of feeling alone of the last two seasons, <laughs> I am going to say Championship with an asterisk. Okay. <laughs> so Championship gets that point. So I think what we're saying at the minute is if you are interested in a bit of higher quality of player, higher quality of manager, higher quality of officiating, and if you're interested in the whole package in terms of the coverage and the star appeal and, and all of the glitz and glam, go and watch the Premier League. If you are interested in unpredictability, if you are interested in a bit more drama, a bit more enjoyment, a bit more grittiness, go and watch the Championship. Are we all fair in, in, that, in those points? That's a good summary, Dan. I now yeah. want to watch the Championship. Now, now <laughs> yeah. the, fi- the final point, and we've got... Oh, right now, Will. <laughs> the final <laughs> point, and we've got literally one minute on this. 
which one would you prefer your team to play in? Because teams go hell for leather to try and get into the top league. Um, and I know which one I'd rather say. So I'm going to come to, I'm going to leave you at the end, Justin. Okay, you're going to come to you last. All right. <laughs> and Chris, I'm going to come to you at the end as well. In fact, no, Chris, you, you're going to start you off. You're starting us off. As a, as, a, as a Lincoln City fan currently in League One, which one would you prefer your team to be in? What, for the long term or for one season? Um, just... Because I think I the answer is different, like I said earlier. Okay. Because for one season, I'd want to see Lincoln in the Premier League, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But for 20 years, I'd probably enjoy the fun of the Championship. Okay, interesting. Josh? That's, I haven't really get, I've sat on the fence there. But no, that's why I think it's all right. That's, all right. that's good. Josh, which one would you rather see your team in? I mean, I'm not sure there's much of a debate here. But yeah. Obviously, you know, speaking from fifth place in the Premier League, of course, it's the Premier League. You want to be in the higher league. You want your team to be better than the league below. I think it's pretty straightforward for me. Yeah, okay. Will, which one would you want your team to be in? Oh, fucking Premier League by an absolute <laughs> mile. Can you, do you remember Rory the lap? Remember what we did to that league? I remember yeah. Ricardo Fuller. We you were, coming up the season oh, you came up, he turned oh, Martin Lawson inside out and slotted a ball into the corner. The month, Beat three us three two. two. It was the worst. Mama had a long throw, hit him on the back oh. of the head, and managed to go in. <laughs> Magic. Yes, Premier League. I want it back. Uh, uh, Justin, which one would you prefer your team to be in? Um, as I said earlier, I think given that. Derby's horrendous season in the 07-08 year <laughs> kind of has scarred me. But then again, I've, I've been to Wembley twice, watched my team lose twice. Yeah. I'd only be satisfied for Derby to be in the Premier League if they go up automatically. Okay. Um, the playoffs just has done me in. Um, <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I'd love to see my team in the, in the Premier League. I've never experienced it, you know, successfully. So I, I'd edge towards that, but... I'd still be a championship fan regardless. Yeah, I love the championship. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, but to sum up my thoughts on the final day of the season, yesterday, I was bouncing on an exercise ball watching Villa <laughs> between my fingers, head in hands, going, oh my days, please don't get relegated. Please don't get relegated. And I think that's it. I wanted Villa to stay in the Premier League. And if that's not a clear sign that I would prefer my team to be in the Premier League and I prefer the Premier League, then I don't know what is. Because otherwise, go down, lose all our good players, stay up, build, and hopefully um, look towards the future. So I think we've... we've pretty much nailed a debate there i think we've, we've we've debated that pretty well we've come up with a, a good a good option for fans um but all truth be told i think most of us would prefer our team into to be in the premier league Welcome back to the final part of the Sports Weekly podcast and of course it's the sports quiz now um justin You've stayed around. You've stayed around to join us. We, we obviously invited you to join us for the sports quiz. You said yes. The first guest on our sports quiz. Um, how does that make you feel, Justin? It's an honour and a privilege. Um, <laughs> I, I can't wait to tell family members, friends, acquaintances. I love it. I think the thing is now that you've got to kind of prove your knowledge now. Um, you're so, sure. so yeah. knowledgeable about <laughs> the, the championship. But we'll, we'll give you a question about Mozambique or um, the Georgian rugby team or something like that and then it'll, it'll throw you a complete curveball so are you are you worried at all about um your other sporting knowledge um yes because i've been completely invested in the championship <laughs> mainly for the last year but obviously since lockdown um well not what was over but football came back yeah been completely invested in that 
Well, just to let you know, Justin, there's also pressure on Josh because if a tennis question comes up, Josh has to know it. And if not, we berate him for it. <laughs> and if an F1 question comes up and Chris doesn't know it, we berate Chris for that as well. So you're not the only one who's probably going to get berated at some point. Now, it is Will's turn for the quiz, but Will, hold your horses because it's time to give some followers a lovely shout out for your Twitter quizzes. Um, we had so many people... Mm-hmm. Um, taking part so do you want the old ones first will or do you want some new ones give me the new ones and then the new give ones me the first old ones. okay give me, give me well bernie at bernie red came up with some great answers chopra johnstead uh etc mm-hmm. we then had oliver eaton who gave us a question last week but this week um or gave us a comment sorry about I think it was uh, Huddersfield, I want to say. Um, but this week, joining the quiz, at Oliver Eaton YT on Twitter. Um, Callum Ellis, at Callum J Ellis on Twitter, also joined in and came up with some great answers. And Craig Anderson, at Craigie Anderson, um, came up with some great answers too. And of course, we had the ever-returning Rams Writer podcast, who came up with some great answers himself. Um, Benjamin Lynch, at Ben underscore Lynch 99. Um, Mark Padden at Il Padrino didn't join in last week I don't think but kept the, the run going and Matthew Creamer at Creamer 1907 so thank you so much for everybody who got involved in the quiz this week I hope I didn't miss anybody out but I don't think I think you missed out Freddie Chung I think there was a lad called Freddie Chung in there Finley Chung Finley Chung sorry Finley Chung Yes, there is. But for some reason, his Twitter isn't loading up, so I can't see his at. But Finley Chung as well, sorry I missed you out. I will tag you in it to tell you I've mentioned you in the episode. Now, Will, over to you for the live quiz. Well, thank you very much, Dan. And uh, just to point out to Justin, um, I mean, I don't play for, you know, it's not like when you've got an older man playing with his son in regards to football and he starts letting him win. It's not that kind of quiz, Justin. <laughs> I want the adult to two-foot the child. Rabona, goal, back of the net in the garden. Right, That's what I'm wanting from you. And if Josh, I'm sorry, if you didn't know who Abel Xavier was, and if you did not know he was the Mozambique manager at one point, that's not on me. <laughs> I don't want you to think that weak kick here, Josh, okay? All right? And you wonder no why, have, why we have beef, Will. You wonder why. <laughs> well, you bring it, mate. I'll cook it and we'll sort it out. Okay, job done. All right, now, on a serious note, this week there is a prize. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a prize. Okay, I'll show it to you in a moment. But this week, it is a wonderful face mask knitted oh. by my mother, which is the coolest thing any guy's ever, <laughs> ever said. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, she, uh, she's been, if you're listening to it, there are wonderful charities in your local area doing, where there's one locally called Scrubs for Stoke, where you can like, make some scrubs out of bed sheets, give them to NHS staff. And I think that's wonderful. So look out for stuff like that in your local area. And remember, please always wear a face mask. Now, Christopher, I'm going to start you off, okay? There's one question individually, well, five questions all together for yourself. I'm going to answer or give you one question at a time. Would you like the answers after the question or after the round? So one to five. Would you like them after the question initially or after the round of five between all four of you? After each question. I want to know straight away, unless anybody else knows the answer. Okay. Christopher, are you ready? Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Question number one. In cricket, what does LBW stand for? That's Llama Bravo Whiskey stand for in cricket. Uh, that'll be uh, leg before wickets. That's absolutely spot on, Christopher. Ding, 
ding, this, ding. Is it llama in the in the alpha? In that no, alpha? it's lima. That's lima. <laughs> yeah. I prefer I prefer llama. Have you ever seen oh. the Emperor's New Groove, the Disney film? It's wonderful. I give a damn about Madagascar. Okay, <laughs> next. Right, Dan. What do you yeah. call a cricket referee? An umpire. I hope. You do call a cricket referee an umpire, unless he's being an arsehole, and then you can call him a twit. Okay, <laughs> wonderful. Josh? Where's Josh? I can't hear Josh. Okay. Who did England beat in the final of the 2019 Cricket World Cup? That will be New Zealand. That was New Zealand with the wonderful mustachio bowler, Lockie Ferguson. It was a great final, and Ben Stokes has just become better and better since. Now, in the hot seat, we've never had him before, in the <laughs> quiz, Justin. Reading it. Loving it. Absolutely loving it. Just a voice like sick. <laughs> Joffre Archer travelled 100 miles outside of the safe zone to visit his Brighton home. But what in particular is it rumoured to believe that he visited? Uh, it was a... Services, motorway services. Oh, no. So when he went to his home in Brighton, what was he visiting? What is it rumoured to believe that he was visiting? No, you think of it. I think it was, was it his sister. Ah, oh, no. it, it was his dog, George, Justin. It was his <laughs> dog. Depends who you ask. Yeah, I was going to say, don't call Joffre Archer's sister. I love Joffre. I, I think he's absolutely brilliant. But as, uh, that's why I said rumoured. It's like when you put allegedly. You know, it's, it's yeah, all, that's yeah, okay. always allegedly, always. allegedly, but, you know, things in the air. I mean, to be fair, it could have been his sister, Justin. It could have, um, but that's not what um, would be funny. So number two, Chris. Yeah. Okay. So we've all got one uh, instead of Justin, but as Justin has already pointed out, he has done fantastic work on the second tier podcast and has been <laughs> doing, invested in the championship. So, um, in rugby, Chris, if I throw the ball during a line-out, what position do I, well, most likely play? So if I'm the one throwing the ball during a line-out, what position do I most probably play? Um, I think might be the hooker. Tell you what, Christopher, new hair, even better answers. This is brilliant. That's two <laughs> for two, Christopher. Fantastic. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Chris is back. Dan, yeah. in rugby, if I were at the cabbage patch... What stadium would I be at? That's if I were at the if I were at the cabbage patch, which stadium would I be at? Oh no. Um I've got no idea, so I'm just gonna guess Twickenham. He says he's got no idea. Is it right? He says he's gonna shave his head, but he got <laughs> Twickenham absolutely spot on. That's two for two. Fantastic stuff. Absolutely love that. Okay, Josh. This is actually this is kind of a harsh question. I'll do a chance. People shave you. Um, right. In in rugby, who was known as Bumface? So in rugby, who had the unfortunate name of Bumface? Um, I'll have Sean Wilkinson. I don't know. I can completely appreciate why you've gone for that, but unfortunately, no. It was Will Carling. Uh. Quite a tough question there. To be honest, <laughs> so, uh, so hard. Probably a lot. <laughs> it probably was a lot of rugby players. Most famous who... rugby stadium in the country. Dan gets the answer to it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't say that. I asked what the cabbage patch was called, Josh. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's all that's I'm going to say. Anyway, William David, Charles Carling, OBE, 
was called Boneface. Right, Justin. I can't hear him. Hello. He's there. Yeah. I love it, thank God. Okay. Um, who has won the most Six Nations titles since Italy joined in 2000? That was. Who has won the most Six Nations titles since Italy joined in 2000? Uh, I want to say Wales. You're a traitor to the country. It was England, Justin. It was England. Right. Oh, I'd have gone Wales as well. Yeah. I think, I'd have gone I think France, most people so. would have gone Wales. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it was Ireland, to be fair. But... No, it's all right. Josh would have probably gone William Carling for that question. <laughs> right. So, um, three. The Chris. Question number three. The capital, so I want to call this one Bottle Jobs. This round is called Bottle Jobs, and we'll get on to that in a moment. So, the Capital One Cup final. What, sorry, I should say that again, to be fair, that made absolutely no sense. So, in the Capital One Cup final between Arsenal and Birmingham, okay, what was the score in that game? Um, capital One Cup final between yeah. Birmingham and Arsenal. What was the score in that game? 2-1 to Birmingham City. Once again, this that's three for three. 2-1, that was absolutely correct. Obafemi Martins got a win. Obafemi Martins with the win at the end. after Koscielny and Chesney had an ultimate balls up and he poked it. <laughs> an, an Arsenal defensive blunder, that can't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> they sold the issue. They sold it because they signed David Louise. Fantastic. <laughs> Um, okie dokie so with that that is correct that is uh, I think it was the 2000 I should have really said that the 2011 Capital One Cup final correct Christopher Dan are you ready yeah wonderful Istanbul the Champions League final Liverpool Milan 3-3 one of the greatest comebacks that was ever seen but who scored twice for AC Milan in the 90 minutes who scored twice for AC Milan in the 90 minutes I believe it was Hernan Crespo. Um, it was. Did Maldini Hernan get the Crespo. other? I think Maldini did get the yeah, other. Yeah, also, then. for Liverpool, Vladimir Smyser scored one, and yeah. I've never heard of him since. I'm, I'm sure he's <laughs> a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful guy. Yeah, love the guy. Fair enough. Josh, number four. Or three. How big is my little toe? No, I'm joking. Too hard. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> right in Euro two, in the Euro two thousand and sixteen, um, which team knocked out England in the Euro two thousand and sixteen game to which they'd lost two one? Iceland. It was Iceland indeed. There we <laughs> go. Oh, I knew that country down there as well. Jeez. Bloody hell! Okay, um, let's have a look here then. Okay. Um, Justin, what Hello. was the score between Brazil and Germany in their 2014 World Cup fixture? What was the score between Brazil and Germany in their 2014 World Cup fixture? Uh, I want to say 7-0, but I think it was 7-1. Oh. Ding, 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 Justin. I'm going to accept it. It was 7-1. Fantastic. Okay. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> was... For an extra point, Justin, who scored Brazil's only goal? Well, uh, I want to say Alano. 
I don't know where you've got that from. I kind of like it, though. I, I, I like it. It was Oscar, unfortunately, but I do kind of yeah. wish Alana didn't have scored the goal. Magic. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Either way, though, we've got Justin up and running. Okay. Chris. Yeah. Question in regards to a player's size now. Okay, not to be sizistic. It's just fun facts. Fun facts in the game only. Who is the shortest player in the NBA's 2019 season? Who was the shortest player in the NBA's 2019 season with a height of five foot nine? Um, no idea. Um, I'll have a guess. It could be Alana. Um, James and Twanson. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely no idea, Well, Sorry, off the pass. That's absolutely fine. It was the point guard, Isaiah Thomas, standing at a tall 5'9", uh, okay. Isaiah Thomas. Okay, Dan? Ooh. Okay, who is the tallest player in the current Six Nations squads? So who is the tallest player out of the current Six Nations squads? Um, now this requires me to come up with a name of somebody in rugby. And it's not my strong point. Uh, okay, it's good. It's good that you you know host a. Yeah, I know, but anything apart from rugby is my it's my kind of <laughs> my kind of goal in life. Um, um, uh, I don't even think he still plays. I don't even think he's that tall. That's the problem. Does James Haskell still play? Uh, he kind of does club level. He's kind of he's basically kind of retired now. He's basically the binge using team. It wasn't. It was Ireland's Devin Tanner. Devin, yeah, that was my second guess. Six foot, six foot ten. He's a rugby player, oh. and he's six foot ten. Oof. And I'm here. I, I'm not jealous. <laughs> um, Josh, is he there? Where's Josh? I'm on a Zoom thing where I can only see the person talking, and it's Dan. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Gallery view. Now it's Chris. <laughs> there he is. All right. So, who was the oldest player in the Premier League? So, who was the oldest player? To ever play in the Premier League, the record is at 43 years and 163 days. Brad Friedel? No, it was John Burridge for Manchester City. Ah, Brad Friedel was a sweet guess. Mm. Ooh, yeah, You'd think yeah. it'd be a goalkeeper, wouldn't it? Yeah, you would. Mm. Okie dokie. With that, Justin, who is the heaviest player in Test cricket history? Who is the heaviest player in Test cricket history? To give you a clue, he's recently broken that record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now the the first guy that comes to my head is that guy who bowled for Barbados years ago. Uh, yeah, I get I get where you came from. He was from, massive, but it was um, more recent than that, Justin. Right. Um, I generally don't know any bowlers. I'm so far out of cricket now. Um, for, the, the only name I know is Stuart Board, but I know he's not the heaviest. I'd say I'm, I'm so far <laughs> yeah, away from cricket at the moment. That so much. You know what? I kind of want to give you the point because I'd love to see Stuart Board being the heaviest one. Um, no, so recently uh, the West Indies bought in a young man called Raheem Cornwall who uh, made his test debut. He's you know absolutely what? beloved. Was he drinking a yard of ale? Yeah, that's the he guy. He was drinking yeah. a yard of ale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the point yeah. where I'm now actually going to give Justin a point for that because <laughs> because, <laughs> because um, do you know that over Twitter 
so often over the past few days they've been releasing his is um I can't remember who it was he played for when he was in England. It was like Ditton. a club cricket team. Yes. Yeah, something like that. And they've released his figures and stuff. And it's it's hilarious to he's think insane. of the fact he was there and now he's But he's but the thing is as well, he's absolutely insane. He gets it's so hard to bowl spin and he just pitches it perfectly every mm. time because probably because he is so heavy and because his hands are absolutely massive. He yeah, and obviously you can bat a bit as well. He's guy. I'm a big that fan. I'm a big slippy. fan. That catch is slippy. Yeah. Oh, as well. It was unbelievable. It didn't even stick as well, which is where <laughs> most of the times you'd fumble if it didn't stick, but he catches it and gets it covered. Beautiful. I, I love it. It's, a, it's an underdog story that I'm well behind. Anyway, Justin, you do get a point because you gave me a little extra there. And that's yeah. what, you know what? I'm about that, Jordan. Justin, I'm about that. I keep getting the names wrong. So bad today. Right. Chris, question number five. Yeah. How many dimples, which is such a lovely word for indents, does a one does a golf ball have essentially? How many dimples does a golf ball have? Oh. Uh, um, hundred and twenty-eight. Unfortunately, not Chris. The answer is three hundred thirty-six. Oh, uh, okay. Way off. Way off. There's a, there's a lot essentially. Dan, mm. next Ooh. question. What lucky charm does Sebastian Vettel keep in his racing boots? So what lucky charm does Sebastian Vettel keep in his racing boots? Chris, do you uh, know this before he answers? I, I, no, I actually don't. No. <laughs> I know something about Formula 1 that Chris does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still Googling um, questions about F1 and internet. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know whether to just go for like a generically lucky charm or to go for something stereotypical. <laughs> don't alienate yeah. um, I don't know a rabbit's foot Jesus <laughs> not like a li- people keep isn't that is that not a lucky charm rabbits yeah, get yeah. a bit hot in there two hours yeah, of race like a like a, a a vision of a rabbit's foot not an actual rabbit's foot like a I feel you're back representation oh. yeah not a bloody rabbit's foot that's just cut off before I, every race. I think you should just put the shovel down, Dan, to be honest. <laughs> just put the shovel down. Or is it yeah, a four-leaf flavour? Or... No, it's just a coin, Dan. It's just oh, a lovely oh, little it's coin. Special. It's very nice and very sweet and not decapitating a rabbit's foot. <laughs> no. What, kind of, what kind of man are you, Dan? Uh, well, uh, we're finding out, Chris. Uh, yeah, I know. Out. Not sure I like it. To Josh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, to Josh. To, to Josh, I guess, but you have. Um, <laughs> what, what predominant material is used to make Olympic gold medals? What oh. predominant material <laughs> is used to make Olympic gold medals? This feels like a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk into the trap and I'm going to say gold. Why would you do you just <laughs> I, I mean, you were I, the last apparently the last solid gold medal was created in 1912 in the 1912 Olympics. So ever since, yeah, then, that's the one I was talking about. That 1912. Oh right, yeah. okay, yeah, Sam, Sam, Sam. Well, you're wrong. Um, the, the primary material to use to make the Olympic gold medal is actually silver. Huh? Yeah, which I kind of felt like I, I feel a bit cheated by. Yeah, it, massive cheater. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah. the silver one made of? Is that made of silver as well? Just bronze. Well, you can go down. down. Yeah. <laughs> bronze. Yeah. bronze and then made of... bronze actually made from right. recyclable materials. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's trash. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a coke. It's a diet coke can that they just kind of. Paint. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's just the bottom that's already circling. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, by the way, if you get this question right, somehow you could you could you know you could enter into the tie break situation, by the way. Like just I to let that. you know. An outsider. So, I know. Chris has got three right, Dan's got three right, and Porter Josh you've got two wrong, but that's absolutely fair enough for the questions I've thrown at you. Um Justin, <laughs> two wrong, two right. So essentially we could have someone in the tie break final, not from this household, which is not breaching lockdown regulations anymore, which I, you know, <laughs> I'm about. I'm about. Anyway, so Michael Phelps has won more gold medals than which one of these countries? Okay, so Michael Phelps has won more gold medals than which one of these countries? Okay, I'll name them out to you. Mexico, Canada, Brazil, Kenya. I think he's won like 23 or something gold medals. So I want to say he's won more than Mexico. Don't, don't hear about many athletes, Olympic athletes from Mexico. Can we have a drum roll, please, Dan? I like, I like that shout. I like that. Oh, yeah, I was going to say we don't have like buttons for noise. <laughs> you just had to maybe do it on the microphone, and that was probably really... I know, but I was going to say, I forgot where I was. Dan can edit um, it in after. Well, viva la Justin. He's got it absolutely spot uh-huh. on. Nice. He's got it absolutely spot on. Uh, Michael Phelps has won 28 gold medals, which is more than Mexico. Um which, yeah, congratulations. You're That's now amazing. in the tie-break final. He's so won 28 boys, silver uh, medals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has won 20. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, so, Josh, unfortunately, um, I'm going to have to remove you from, remove, uh, remove you from the tie-breaking final. Um, but uh, did you have fun? <laughs> um, I think I didn't really because Justin like didn't get one right. Yeah, he's still ahead of me, and I'm really trying to comprehend that. Like, just answered a different question, and he's just sort of still ahead of me. So I am not happy at all. Protest, Josh. Welcome to my game, Josh. Welcome to my game. Well, for being such a top sport, you're getting the face mask anyway, Josh. You're still getting a face mask. Oh, you know, you know how to melt my heart. Well, you know, I, do. <laughs> no, I do, I do. I'm here. I'm here for a reason, and it's not for the sporting knowledge. Right. Um, so the tie-breaking question. I'm going to come to um, Dan, Chris, then Justin in that order. Now, I'd previously mentioned Kenya as an Olympic gold-winning country, but how many gold medals has Kenya actually won? I'm going to give you 30 seconds to think of that. So Kenya, the country, how many gold medals has Kenya won? At the Olympics. Just wondering if anyone's watched uh, is it Mrs. America on BBC lately? It's pretty good, Josh. Have you seen it? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to engage with you, Will. Don't take pity on me. Just talk to me whilst they think. You're, you're getting a free face mask after coming last on a quiz, right? Uh, I, I'm just trying to get the board. The t- I'm trying to create a travel tunnel with you, yeah? what I'm trying to do right now, Josh. Open up. Open up with me, man. Yeah, you're just increasing the beef. Wow. Everywhere. Wow, wow. Well, I hope one day you'll be able to open up that lockdown in your heart. Yeah? (laughs) Okay. Dan, I'm going to come to you first. Great. Um, The answer is Mm -hmm. 37. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) 
Uh, I'm going to go for 43. 43. And Justin, I'm not going to call you Jordan again, Justin, because I feel like I've got it. <laughs> it's all right. I was going to call you Joffre. I was just going to call you Joffre earlier, but to be honest, like, I, I, I like to call Joffre. Uh, I want to say 33. 33. So the idea of being kind to the new panellist kind of backfired because he's only got one good quiz. Kenya have won 31 gold medals in their uh-huh. family Olympics, mainly in running events. Um, a, lot of, a lot of incredible marathon runners in the history of the country. Um, Justin, congratulations. You have won the Sports Weekly quiz. And you know, I'm going to have to do this really inappropriate thing by sending a randomer your postal address to get your free uh, face mask. <laughs> so I don't know how you feel about that, but it's there for you, buddy. Don't you worry. And by the way, you all get you all get face masks oh, for joining. I like, this, I like this kind of quiz. It's like it's like having a no children's problem. birthday Absolutely. party and then having the goodie bag at the end, isn't it? It's always <laughs> yeah. a winner. But none of that cheap like Victoria Sponge shit. I'm talking a Vianetta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will warn you, Justin, every time Will sent me anything in the post, it's always come with a saucy picture. So just uh, just to put that out there, because saucy guy. The last one was, the last one was uh, Bolognese. Yeah, anyway, that's, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> I enjoy pics and sauces. Well, thank you very much for the quiz, Will. Congratulations, Justin. Um, what a time to be alive. Hey. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, How do you feel? Buzzing. Yeah, obviously happy. I mean, I was happy just joining the quiz. Now I get to go and tell friends, family, acquaintances that I've actually won it. So yeah, exactly. What could come, be better? Come back, a phoenix from the ashes. Um, you have dominated the sports weekly quiz and uh, leave victorious. Um, that's all we've got time for, though, folks. So thank you all very much for for joining in the lovely debate. Thank you, Justin, for coming on. Um, just before we go, Justin, I know we've done this before, but where can people catch your podcast if they would like to listen to the Second Tier Podcast? Yep, so we're on all available platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, Acast, whatever. It's all there. Uh, on Twitter at Second Tier Pod and uh, website secondtierpod.co.uk, you'll find articles and, and episodes on there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and make sure you go and listen, everybody, please, because it's such a good podcast. I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, with lovely presenters, of course, that come on and steal um, podcast uh, quizzes and and win them and make the other presenters look bad. But apart from that, it's, uh, it's, it's full of fun. And I believe you've got one coming out tomorrow. Is that correct? Or one on Wednesday about tomorrow, about um, the game tonight? Yes, yeah, it- so we'll be releasing on Tuesday discussing the uh, playoff semifinals. Lovely. Are you going um, to mention sure... your quiz win? Are you going to mention the quiz win? <laughs> I, I, I could. I could mention it. It's been, I think oh, you... I'll mention it. It's been a good week. I've won a quiz on a. So on a that would be that would podcast. be a prize to that would be a prize to be yeah, podcast. I think you should. I think you should. That, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm sure Justin, you'll come <laughs> on again to discuss the championship at another date. Um, so thank you everybody for listening. If you want to get involved in our sports quizzes on Twitter, then make sure you follow at Pod Sports Weekly on Twitter. That's at Pod Sports Weekly. If you want to get in touch with any comments or anything you've got to say to us, tell us to get off air, tell us we're rubbish, um, tell us, <laughs> tell us we're, we're pretty good for a small podcast, then email us at um, sportsweeklypod at gmail.com. That's sportsweeklypod at gmail.com. Josh, deflating times, but you're still coming back next week? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe. I, I was I was trying to think of something good, and the most I could come up with was more beef than a Toby Carvery um, between you two. So 
I think I think listeners should come back for that alone. Uh, Chris, back next week. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we'll uh, get to cover a bit of the sporting events next week and British Grand Prix and the FA Cup final. So quite absolutely. So should be good. It will be good. And uh, Will back next week. I'm in. I'm in a like glamping thing in North Yorkshire next weekend, so I have no internet accessible to me. I've got to live off the land for three days. So um, what we'll, what we'll do then? We'll just describe it to you, and then we can just see your live live reactions instead. A live reaction yeah, pod. Let's go. I, I I cannot wait for that, and hopefully Josh will <laughs> be sure. able to learn to love by then. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be able to love love by then. Um, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he's capable of it already. He'll, he'll, that will definitely come out next week in a, in a gushing poem that I'm sure Josh is going to write when he when he gets off air. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you guys for joining. This has been the Sports Weekly podcast, and we'll see you next time. 